say Happy New Year, everybody. Um, you know, December, Barry and I um, got hit with different things. He had his back injury, and then we got sick, so we weren't here for over a month. And when I came last week for the first time, I was so blessed. I was so happy to see our church family, because you don't realize how much you miss it until you don't have it. So during that time, um, yeah, we really missed you guys. So uh, it's a pleasure for me um, to be here this morning. So a number of years ago, my son, Matt, asked me a question. He was kind of taking a poll. He asked a number of his friends. He said, Mom, if you could have any animal as a pet, whether it's domesticated or not, what would you pick? And I immediately told Matt I would pick the filet black-nosed sheep that originated from Switzerland. So I have a picture. (laughs) Isn't that cute? I love the black color on the face and the ears and the feet, and then it's set off by the white woolly fur. I I would hands down make a room for this. (laughs) You know, 200 times in the Bible, we're called God's sheep. You know, in the New Testament, Jesus is known as the Good Shepherd, the Great Shepherd. And when he returns on his second coming, he's going to be known as the Chief Shepherd. This morning, we're going to look at one of my favorite psalms. And really, everybody knows this psalm. It's Psalm 23, written by David, right? It's, It's only six verses, you guys, but it covers like all of life. You get the resting by the green pastures and the still waters, which we all want. But then you also hit those deep, dark valleys, right? And enemies. So um, this morning, I'm only going to look at verse 1 and 2 because each verse, even though there's six, can take an entire message. And when Barry saw my message, he's like, cut it down. <laughs> so um, he's, my, he's my editor. So right now, uh, we're going to read Psalm 23, 1 to 6, all together, and then I'll just do 1 and 2. Okay, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's open up in a quick word of prayer. Father, thank you for your word. Your word really breathes life into us it breathes love into us it brings training breeds training and correction and really lord when we read your word it's not like reading a book a normal book is your book is alive and active so i pray this morning lord that as your word drops into our hearts and our souls that you will your spirit will just start to make a change in the deepest part of our soul. Because, Lord, you know what? We come to church to meet you and worship you and be in community. But, Lord, we want to touch because you're the only one that can give us the touch that each of us need. So we pray all these things, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 
So in this passage in Psalm 23, David is comparing his relationship to God like a shepherd and a sheep. David knows what it means to shepherd. He was a shepherd part of his life, and he knows what it means to take care of sheep. Right, so, oh, wow. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so, um, verse 1. The Lord, I only got two verses. Okay, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. So David loves the Lord, right? He says he's my shepherd. He's not a shepherd. He makes it very personal. You know, it's a shepherd's job to take care of the sheep. Sheep do not take care of themselves. Out of all the livestock, they require the most attention and the most care, right? It's no wonder that God calls us his sheep. So sheep and humans have a couple of characteristics that are the same. The first one is this. They both tend to follow the crowd, and they do what everybody else is doing. This is called sheep mentality, right? We see this everywhere. You know, Barry and I, we at home, we enjoy watching home improvement shows, right? Whenever I watch them, I'm like, oh, one day I'll get a new kitchen and new bathrooms. And I see what they pick. On a lot of the shows, they pick the same color for the countertop, the backsplash, and the cabinet fixtures. I see those, and my friends have it, and I'm like, I want one too. You know, that could be like sheep mentality. You see what somebody else has, and you start to want it too, right? They also are both fearful and timid, and then sheep and humans are both stubborn, right? And they also make foolish choices. John 10, 27 says this, my sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. Sheep have to learn their master's voice. In the beginning, when a newborn sheep is born, right, they just follow the flock. They follow the other sheep because they don't know what to do. But over time, they learn their master's voice. You know, in preparation for this message, I read a, read a book called Psalm 23 by Philip Keller. His parents were missionaries in Kenya, and he was actually a shepherd in real life. So he said, yeah, a lot of times, you know, his sheep slowly get to know him. He loves them. He's taking care of them. He's meeting all their needs. So when they're on a hill and intermingling with another flock, he calls his sheep, and his sheep come running, right? Everyone has a shepherd in life. Each of us this morning, something is calling out to us, right? For some of us, right? It's the Lord that is our shepherd. Because you could be a believer, right, and be a savior. He's your savior, right? But there's a difference between savior and then when he is your actual shepherd. Because when he is shepherd of, of your soul, he protects you, right, and he, and he guides you. Oh, okay. Sorry, you guys. I usually don't lose my place. Okay, here we go. Again, only two verses. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay, um, so verse 2, right? He makes me lie down in green pastures, right? He leads me besides quiet waters. So Keller shares in his book that a sheep cannot rest if four requirements are not met, okay? And we're the same way. So one reason why a sheep can't rest, if there's any kind of fear. If there's any kind of fear, a sheep cannot rest and lie down. It's going to stand up. It's going to pace, but it will not lie down. And for a sheep, right, its fears comes like a stray jackrabbit, right, a dog, right, a cougar, right, a bear, you know. Um, but a sheep, 
right? They don't have any defenses. Out of all the animals, like a dog could bark, right? A cat could hiss and scratch, right? A horse can kick. But a sheep, they can run. But even with that, they don't run that quick. <laughs> Their help is the shepherd. So in Keller's book, right, he would say that um, whenever he would hear a noise outside, right, at night, his, he would hear his sheep getting restless and starting to make noises. He would go out there with his shotgun and his flashlight. And once the sheep saw the presence of the shepherd, it said they immediately calmed down. You know, we're the same way. We get scared very, very quickly. You know, today we live in uncertain times. In an instant, something could happen in your heart. Something could happen in your marriage. Something could happen in a relationship. Something could happen in your job. But it is the presence of the shepherd that makes all the difference in the world. You know, in November, this past November, I had to get a tooth extracted. I've never had an extraction before. So a lot of times when something happens to me the first time, I get kind of rattled. A little bit. I could get rattled. So heading up to the extraction in November, um, I wasn't really worried about it, right? Because um, holidays were approaching. So I was kind of busy doing other things. But two weeks prior to my tooth getting extracted, I developed a blister on the gum where the bad tooth was landing upon. So I started kind of getting a little scared, and I told Barry, hey, I got a blister, and he's like, oh, it's not a big deal. It's probably just, it'll go away in time. So I'm like, okay, it'll probably go away. I'm kind of doing salt water, trying to think of ways, trying to eat better, because I thought, oh, maybe I'm eating junk that's causing this blister. So I finally ended up going to the dentist, right, because I thought they'll be able to let me know what it was. So I went to the dentist, and they said, oh, yeah, Dale, it's called a fistula, and it's just forming because of your bad tooth, right? So I said, okay. So I knew my appointment was not for a couple of days. So during that couple of days, you guys, fear started coming into me. You know, and that's what fear does. It starts, it starts out small, but then it starts to take you for a little ride, right? I started feeling like the blister was spreading. I know that sounds gross, but I, I would get my tongue. I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like the fistula's up here. And then I would put my tongue on this side and feel like, oh my gosh, I totally feel it over here. <laughs> So I started thinking, oh my gosh, I've got like cancer in the mouth. <laughs> I started just getting really fearful. So Barry wasn't home because usually, you know, I would run to Barry. Oh my gosh, I've got these issues. He wasn't home. So then I thought, okay, Dale, you're smart. You're smart. Take care of yourself. So I called the dentist and I talked to the office manager and I told her exactly what happened. And she said, and she's a Christian and in love, she said, Dale, the fistula cannot travel. <laughs> she said, that is your fear and your stress. She said, you will be okay. And you know, when she said those truthful words to me, like, stop it, <laughs> it ministered to my soul. It was like the Lord saying, stop, stop with the crazy fear. You know, the Bible always talks about the enemy, right? Because he's super crafty, but it says the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion, right? Seeking someone to devour. So I felt like that morning, you know, the enemy was trying to chew me up and spit me out. But when I talked to the office manager, right, it 
it just called me spirit. Right? Psalm 94, 19 in the Passion Translation says this. Whenever my busy thoughts were out of control, the soothing comfort of your presence calmed me down and overwhelmed me with delight. So it was the Lord's presence that started calming my spirit down, thinking, Dale, you don't have mouth cancer. <laughs> it's just the fistula. And right when after they extracted it, you guys, I was fine. The next reason why a sheep can't rest and lie down besides fear is conflict. If there's any kind of conflict in the flock, a sheep will not be able to lie down and rest. You know, when I first read that in the book, I was thinking, wow, sheep have conflict? <laughs> it, it just didn't cross my mind. But it said in any animal society, there is a pecking order. And with sheep, it's called a budding order. So what happens is there, they'll be like grazing on the green pastures, right? And then the older dominant sheep will notice the young ewes eating the green pastures. And they're like, no, no, no. <laughs> I am top sheep. This is my area. So they, they ram them and they, they kick them out where they can't lie down and rest, right? This produces fear, tension, and rivalry like in the flock, right? And the only thing that stops it, it said, was when the presence of the shepherd comes in. It said the sheep, the dominant sheep looked and it stopped immediately the bickering ways. Keller says this in his book. In any business firm, any office, any family, any community, any church, any human organization or group, be it large or small, the struggle for self-assertion and self-recognition goes on. Most of us fight to be top sheep. We butt and we quarrel and we complain to get ahead and sometimes other people get hurt. Right, but it's the presence of the shepherd that caused the sheep to stop. You know, all of us have conflict, right? We live in a fallen world. Conflict is going to happen, right? So I wanted to share just four practical things we can do if you're experiencing conflict at home or at work or, or anywhere. It could be a sibling, okay? So here's four things you can do. First thing you could do if there's conflict, just address it and go to that person. Right, the Matthew 18 principle in the Bible says this. If somebody is sinning against you, right, hurting your feelings, doing something that's blatant, the Bible says go to that person one-on-one. -on -one. If they don't receive it, it says take along one or two other people. If that doesn't work, it says that's when you can bring the church in. So I love the Bible because it always gives us clear answers on how to, and how to handle things. So that's the first one is address it and go to that person. And, and you know what, you guys, I think number one is it's hard. Because sometimes when you have conflict with somebody, you just don't want to bring it up. And I think sometimes being in an Asian community, you just try to deal with it the best that you can and sweep it under the rug. I mean, that's what I do, right? But I love the Bible where it says, no, if something's bothering you, if somebody hurt your feelings, if something happened, go to that person and address it one-on-one -on -one because then you, you save the relationship, right? Second thing to do, after you've addressed them, it says, watch what you say and how you say it, right? You guys, so how our tone is and our body language, right, makes all the difference in the world. Proverbs 15, 18 says, a hot-tempered man makes conflict worse, but somebody that's patient calms it down. 
So if I'm having a conflict with somebody, right, and something maybe really hurt my feelings, and I go up to them and I'm super accusational, like they're not going to receive it well. Even if they did something wrong, they're going to just start to get defensive. So the Bible's really smart. It said, be patient, because patient calms the situation down. Number three, if you have conflict, it says, be quick to resolve it. Ephesians 4.26 says, in your anger, don't sin. Don't give the devil a foothold. Right, I had talked about the enemy before. He loves to get a foothold in our life. If there's a little conflict, he really likes to make it worse. He likes to let you ruminate it all night long, what that person did to you, and then you don't have the guts to go talk to them, so it starts growing and growing. So the Bible says if something happens, just nip it, right, in love. And the last thing is follow Jesus' example and forgive. You know, Jesus is dying on the cross. They are crucifying him for something he did not do. But on the cross, right, what does he say? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing, right? The very people that were putting Jesus to death, right? The religious leaders, the Jewish leaders, bystanders and soldiers, right? They're all hurling insults at him as he's dying on the cross. And he's like, forgive them. So sometimes if I get in a conflict with somebody, I try to remember like, hey, Dale, you know, they don't know what they're doing. They're human. They're fallen. And the same with me. When I hurt people's feelings or there's conflict and I don't act in the right way, you know, I'm human and I'm fallen as well, right? As sheep, we don't know what we're doing. That's why we need a shepherd. Okay, the third reason why a sheep can't rest besides fear and conflict is pests and bugs that irritate them. <laughs> Especially in the summer, sheep get hit with insects and parasites where they cannot lie down and rest. And it was really interesting. It said what happens if an, a sheep is unoiled, it says the insect will crawl through the ear canal and lay on its brain. It says it creates such excruciating pain where the sheep cannot handle it. They feel like they're getting tormented. So what they have to do is they have to slam their little heads against a rock or a tree or a bush just to like bam it and then shake themselves just so they can have relief. You know, and again, it's up to the shepherd to help them. The shepherd will provide insect repellent for them, oils and dips for ticks, right? And enough trees and brush available for them to get away from those tormentors. So similarly in the Christian life, we're the same way. We get bugged. We get irritated. Little things set us off, and it keeps us up all night. We have annoyances, disagreements, petty frustrations, and small irritations that keep us up at night. You know, Barry's really good, right? So a lot of times if something bugs me or say I had a meeting with somebody and then they said something to me in a certain tone, or maybe they even just said a sentence and it just bothered me, right? And then, you know, you kind of like to talk to somebody, a trusted friend, right, a sibling. So I would tell Barry, Oh my gosh, Barry, tell me if I'm petty, right? Tell me if I'm petty. So I explained the situation. He doesn't even hear the whole thing, and he just says, petty. <laughs> and then, you know, you want to get it all out, right? 
So I, oh, oh, yeah, I understand the petty, but then I'm like, and then they did that petty. <laughs> so he'll say petty like four or five times, and then I stop. But when he says that word petty, you guys, it helps me. Because some things that bug you or irritate you, it doesn't need to turn into a conflict. There's a huge difference between a conflict and something that's petty, right? So like the sheep have the shepherd to help it with oils, we have the Holy Spirit. We don't, we're not up to ourselves to deal with it, right? The Spirit in the Bible is represented by oil, right? So he will soothe us. He will comfort us. He will help us with things that bother us. Romans 8, 26 to 27 says this. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the Word of God. So if I'm going through something, you guys, and something's bothering me or nagging me, it, a lot of times I feel like it, it's me that I have to deal with, and that's fine too, right? A lot of times you run into a situation, a situation with a family member that you don't, something I agree with and it's bothering you and it's petty, then I just try to work on it with the Holy Spirit because sometimes it's not them that has to change, it's me, right, and my attitude. And, and it helps, somebody tells me that's petty, that helps too. Okay, and the last reason a sheep can't lie down and rest is if it's hungry. Right? The best sheep countries in the world are in dry, semi-arid areas. So in order for a shepherd to take the sheep to the green pastures, they have to do a number of things. They've got to clear the rough land. Right? They've got to take out the trees and the roots and the stumps. Right? They've got to plant the soil, and they have to irrigate the land. Right? And for us to have green pastures and Christians, we have to partner with God, and we have to do this, the same thing. Sometimes we have to help God clear out the rocks of unbelief we have to get rid of roots of bitterness and we have to give the lord our hard proud human heart in order to lie down in green pastures you know john six thirty five says this jesus said to them i am the bread of life whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst right how hungry are you for god you know, sometimes I could fill my life with activities, snacking on activities, eating, busyness, right? Where it leaves no time for God's feast that's waiting for me. I mean, have you ever had a dinner you were supposed to go to, like a fancy dinner, and you knew you were going to have, like, tri-tip or steak? And so you're really looking forward to the meal. But then during the day, you're kind of getting hungry. So you start to eat a cookie, and then that cookie turns into two, three, four. Then you're like, oh, my gosh, there's a pizza. And then, there's, and then there's chips. So then you're all happy at the moment, but by the time you go to that dinner at five, what happens? You are not hungry for the feast, for the better food. You're like, I'm going to have to take that home in a to-go box. I mean, sometimes we do that with the Lord. He has this whole banqueting table for us, but we are feasting on things that don't fill our spirits, Right? Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. So another reason why, right, the last one, you guys, sheep can't rest, is they're hungry. You know, sometimes we might feel really dry for Christ, right? We might come to service and, eh, it was okay. It's nice to see people, but nothing hit the depths of your spirit because the only thing that can fill that is the Holy Spirit and the presence of the Lord. So 
One thing that could help your appetite is what Damon was talking about, like as a church body, reading one chapter a day, right? So for myself, for the past X amount of years, over a decade, right, I read his word every single day. And now I'm starting to read it every single night. It's helping me to sleep better at night, <laughs> right? Because you, you, sometimes you go through a rough day, but I think that word of God, it's really living and active, right? It helps you with your hunger. So what three things can we learn from this passage just to wrap it up, right? The first thing is this, out of the four reasons why I shared that a sheep can't lie down and rest, which one is the Lord showing to you that's keeping you up at night? This morning, are you experiencing any kind of fear? Are you in any kind of conflict that is just pulling at you? Is there anything that's bugging you? You just can't get over it. But it's something that's, you know, like a pest. Or, gosh, you're just so thirsty for the living waters, and you're not getting that quench filled. So during that time and even later during worship, maybe you can talk to the Lord about one of those things and give it to him, right? Um, the next thing that we can learn from this passage is community is important, right? Sheep need other sheep. You know, sheep have a strong flocking instinct. It's said they feel safer when they're gathered together. So as believers, we got the awesome shepherd but we need each other. You know, we need each other, right? Like when you're in a small group or a tea huddle, or even if you're, you have close friends on your own, we all need sheep, right? Because they're there to encourage you. They're there to cry with you. They're there to worry with you, right? When something goes wrong and they're just there to lift you up. You know, I, I'm part of, I'm blessed to be part of two small groups, right? And one small group that I'm part of, it's, we've been, with each other for years, but it's a blessing because we're in contact with each other like every day. You know, we do a Bible app, so we always hear from each other. And if anything goes wrong, whether it's, you know, a fear or a conflict or something that's bugging us, right, uh, we write it, we text each other, right? So, so for me, whenever something happens, like I go to them first, right? Because they're, they're my flock, right? It's like they're my little sheep flock that really blesses me. So I just encourage you guys in community, like just find your flock, right? And if you go outside and you see the ones available, we have openings. And if you're like, well, I kind of want to start another flock, you are so welcome to. You can just see me after and I could totally plug you in. I have all the curriculum that all our small groups use. And then we also have tea huddles available as well where we meet people one-on-one -on -one or one-on-two and it's just six simple questions we go through with each other. Um, it's not hard at all, it's accountability. So there's gonna be a table out there and somebody will be out there behind the table to help you with community as well, okay? And the last thing that we can learn, and really this is the most important thing of anything I said today was, last thing we can learn from this message is we have the best shepherd. You know, anytime I go through a hard time in life, you guys, I run to Psalm 23. I run to it. I'll sit in it. I will rest it. I will read it 20 times a day because it just brings me much peace. You know, there's this running theme throughout this psalm that God is awake. He is alert. 
and he is aware. He knows what's happening in every single one of our hearts. He knows what's happening in every single one of our households. He knows what's happening in every single one of our jobs. He is aware, awake, and alert. You know, in each of the reasons that I shared earlier, the four reasons why she can't rest, the common denominator on all four was once the presence of the shepherd came in. They were okay. Once that presence, once they recognized the shepherd's presence, no matter what they were going through, they were okay. And it's the same thing for us today. No matter what you are going through this morning, because all of us are going through things, all of us, once we invite his strong presence in, we will be okay. So just to close in a story, so uh, two weeks ago, uh, there was one night I could not sleep. Went to bed about 11. I think I stayed up till about 2. I just was in bed, and I was just um, thinking of all the things that were going wrong. Things go wrong in our life, right? Just thinking of all the things that I was disappointed with. And I was thinking of um, some things that, like my prayers for years, have not been answered. So I remember I was just laying there, and I was kind of depressed, right? But that's okay. But I felt his presence, and that really gave me peace. And so then I went to bed. And so then during the night, uh, the Lord was so good. He gave me a dream. And in the dream, my hair was all white, you know, and then my hair started clumping, right? I was turning into a sheep. And then when I woke up in the morning, the Lord said, Dale, you're my sheep. That is your only job and your only requirement. I'm the shepherd. I will meet all your needs. If there's something you've been asking for and you're not getting it, it's not your time, right? And, and just the disappointments. I just felt like he said, Dale, your only job, <laughs> be you. You're my sheep. You don't have to do anything else because it's the shepherd that does everything. So when I woke up in the morning, I felt so loved. I have a prayer journal that whenever I have a dream that's really touching, I write it in there. So I wrote it in there. <gasps> My only job is to be a sheep. <laughs> that's it. I can do that. I just felt so covered. I didn't have to worry about anything else. So if you leave with anything today, it's just, Man, you guys, the presence of the shepherd, it changes everything. Okay, I'm, I'm going to close in prayer right now, okay? And the worship team could start coming up. Um, Father, thank you so much for this morning. Um, if anything, right, we're learning it's you're the good shepherd, right? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. So this morning, Lord, I pray you bring us to that green pasture. We're all going through something. We're either experiencing fear, right, or conflict, or something's pestering us, or, right, we're hungry for you. So I just pray, Father, that you meet us here this morning. 
the Lord as the worship team, the, one of the first songs they might play is called Sparrows. And it's one of my favorite songs because it says, he will take good care of us. You know, we're, we're here this morning at church and he will just bring it. It's not us. It's not what we're doing, what we need to do. It's just receive this morning. Just be in his presence. So, Father, thank you for this time, and I love you so much, and thank you for all these things, and looking forward to you ministering to our flock at Catalyst, and we pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen. So, you guys, and too, like I know Kyle. Hey, Catalyst family. We have an exciting announcement to kick off 2023. As Pastor Barry recently mentioned, a couple of our focus points for this year are discipleship and community. He also mentioned that we're going to be going through a New Testament reading plan for for this year, where we're going to be able to read the New Testament together by the end of the year. So I'm excited to announce a couple tech updates that we've launched to help make it easier for you and your family to participate. The first is we've updated our website. As you can see here, this is uh, the, a new menu bar. At the top, it says reading plan. It's circled in green, makes it easy. So if you go to our website, you can click on this link and it'll take you to this page where it shows you the readings for this week. We wanted to make it as easy as possible to go through this together as a family. So each week, it's just one chapter a day for five days a week. So if you get a little bit behind, it's easy. You can make it up on the weekends. Another update that we've done is we've updated our app. This is what our app currently looks like. It looks a little bit different than the previous version. We wanted to make it as user-friendly as possible. So each of these pictures is also a link that will take you to different content from our church. And starting next week, we are launching another update, which will include the reading plan. It's right at the top, right, really big, so it's easy to access. And it will take you to our website, and we'll give you uh, the readings for that week. We're really excited for all that the Lord has in store for us this year. So if you have any questions on tech updates or anything, my email's at the bottom, or you can come find me on Sunday mornings. I'm real easy to find. I sit in the back by the computer, so just come check me out and ask questions, and hopefully I'll be able to answer as easy as possible. We're excited for all that God has in store for us this year, and we're glad that you can join us.